It is indeed an honor to be behind this pulpit tonight, and uh, it's it's a bittersweet feeling, but uh, I do feel like I have a word, and uh, last night in prayer, God really began to nudge my heart in this direction, and uh, the songs tonight just went right along with it, and you know, the first song talked about, you know, blessed is his name in the land of the plentiful. But you know what? Even when you're in the desert and there's nothing else around you, it's blessed be his name. The next song went on to say, you know, why should I worry about the highs and the lows and the ups and the downs when by my faith, when my faith, I know that my God is more than enough. It is by the grace of God that I'm where I am today. And uh, because of a pastor's love and sending me to Bible college and letting me grow. And uh, this has been a, a tough time, a tough decision to make because I love each and every one of you so much. But I had to feel the nudge and uh, follow after what I felt was right. And uh, I want to do the same tonight if you'll allow me to. If you would stand and honor the word of God. I want to begin reading in James chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. James 1, 12 through 18, it says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Back in 17 it says, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. You may be seated. I want to talk to you tonight on the subject, a change of heart is not on his mind. A change of heart is not on his mind. Tonight, for just a little while, I want to talk to you about the heart of God and what he desires for each and every one of us. We know that in Genesis 1 and 1, it says, in the beginning, God and from that point on, he went on to create this paradise for this man named Adam and this woman named Eve. And sure, while God was creating it, he went into detail. Not just a tree, but the sycamore tree, the oak tree, the pine tree. And truly, you begin to see God's idea of what this perfect paradise would become. And he placed this man, Adam, and this woman, Eve, there in this garden. And he created Adam in order to have a relationship with him. And sure, while God looked down and saw everything he created, he said, It is good 
But you know what? There was still something in God's heart that said, you know what? I long for companionship. I long to have someone that I can talk to. Not only that, but someone who would desire to talk to me. And that's why he gave us freedom of choice so that we too would be as Adam and say, you know what? I want to speak to God. But you know, it's when Adam and Eve fell into sin and God said, you know, Adam, where are you at? You're not in the cool of the garden where we normally meet. And Adam began to fear because he had walked away from that place of comfort. He had walked away from the place that he was used to, that relationship with God. Nothing we say and nothing we do is going to change the fact that he is the same. The scripture said there is no variableness. There is no wrong that God does. There is no imperfection. There is no turning away this way and turning away that way. But God is the same. What kind of God would he be if he was not constant? Where one service you came in here and you know God just began to bless you and bless you and bless you. And the next service he blessed you again. And then you come in and for weeks he didn't bless you again. And you said, you know, what's, what's with this God? He, he hasn't been speaking to me. He hasn't been talking to me. What kind of God would that be to serve a God who would not love you? To serve a God who sometimes he may pick up the phone and sometimes he may decline. What kind of God would that be? Barnes said in his notes regarding this scripture, he said, He is always the same. At all seasons of the year and in all ages, there is no change in his character. His mode of being, his purposes and plans, what he was millions of ages before the worlds were made, he is now. What he is now, he will be countless millions of ages hence. We may be sure that whatever changes there may be in human affairs, Whatever reverses we may undergo and whatever oceans we may cross or whatever mountain peaks we may climb or in whatever worlds we may hereafter take upon our abode, God is the same. Hebrews 13 and 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Barnes said the evident design of this independent proposition here is to encourage them to preserve by showing that their Savior was always the same. That He who had sustained His people in former times was the same still and would be the same forever. The God who sustained Moses when he fled from Pharaoh and approached the Red Sea. That's the same God that will sustain you tonight. The same God that sustained Daniel in a den of lions is that same God that is here tonight wanting to sustain his people. So many times when we get bogged down and we ourselves feel we get thrown to a den of lions, begin to question and say, why am I here? Why am I being in this place of turmoil? But would you remember that God sustained Daniel? Would you remember that God sustained Moses? And our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Every mountaintop you approach, God will sustain you. Every time you feel like you're in the valley lows, God will sustain you. Isaiah 44 and 6 says, I am the first and I am the last. And besides me, there is no God. Malachi 3, 6 says, For I am the Lord, I change not. I change not the proper name of God. He who is 
involves his unchangeableness. For change implies imperfection. That is not my God, folks. My God is not imperfect, but in him he makes all things new. He is perfect in everything that he does. When he created us, he created us with detail. He created us with a heart so that we could love him. My God is not an imperfect God. When we say that, it changes to that which is either more perfect or less perfect. To somewhat which that being who changes is not or has not. But God has everything in himself perfectly. The psalmist says in 102 and 27, As a vesture thou shalt change them and they shall be changed. But thou art the same. And thy years shall not fail. Revelations 1 and 8 said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Exodus 3 and 14. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me. Unto you. I am. Hath sent me. Unto you. When God was dealing with Moses. He was telling him. You don't worry about my name. Because what I am. And what I'm about to do. Will definitely describe. Who I am. Sure you may have some magicians. That can spark a little bit here. And spark a little bit there. To call some oohs and ahs. But by the end of this thing. You better believe that Pharaoh and every Egyptian will know who I am. You go ahead and tell them the I am hath sent you. The I am your healer. The I am your protector. The I am your defender. That's who I'm sending with you, Moses. That's who I'm going to send you to Pharaoh. You just go and let me show them who I am. God knew that the children of Israel were bound and they needed an escape route. They couldn't get out of the bondage that they were in. But God said, I am their escape. I am their refuge. And I am their provider. God led them into the promised land where not only he was a promise keeper, but he was also a deliverer for delivering them out of the hands of Pharaoh. He was also a God who could pull off many miracles to prove how awesome and mighty he really was with all of the plagues. So much so that he allowed his people to walk across the Red Sea on dry ground. God also proved himself to be a protector because he was willing to take his people where the enemy could not go. I want you to think about that for a minute. That he would be willing to take you to a place where the enemy could not get to you. That the dry land would be there long enough just for you to get across. And as soon as the enemy come chasing you down, shut up the waters and say, No, no, you're not going to touch my child. I just helped deliver them. The I am has just delivered them. I'm not about to let you go chasing my love down. It's like your own personal security system. God took them somewhere where the enemy could not even follow them. It was a place of milk and honey and a place of freedom and promise. He said, you tell them I am hath sent you. What God was trying to say is whatever you need me to be, I am that for you. You need a healer. God can heal you. You lost a loved one and you need comfort. Well, you know what? He can comfort you. 
His heartbeat is still the same. He desires for us to have a relationship with Him, to fulfill the Great Commission and to obey the plan of salvation, to honor our father and mothers, to not steal, to not kill. Oh, God, His heartbeat is still the same. He does desire to have a relationship with you. He does desire to sit down and talk with you just for a little while. You know, so many people, I heard a preacher just not too long ago at the beginning of this semester, and he called one of our instructors and was saying, do you teach that God, after he created the world and after he created the sun and the moon and the stars, do you think when sin came in, he had to basically say, you know what, I made a mistake. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to redo some things and change some, some things. And he said, no, sir, I don't teach that at all. He said, God created everything perfect. And you know what? God did it for a relationship. He did it so Adam and Eve could enjoy the garden. He said, you know what? All of this is yours. He told Abraham, everywhere where you place your foot, that's where you're going to have. That's going to be yours, Abraham. He had such a relationship with God that when God was considering destroying Sodom, he said, before I do, let me talk to my friend Abraham. Do you know what it must be like to have that kind of relationship with God? To say, you know what, before, before I do this, let, let me go talk to, to Brother Jay. Let me go talk to Brother Landon. Let me, let me go see what he thinks about this before I do it. What kind of relationship must that be like? Oh, how many of us would long for that relationship tonight? To say, you know what, I, I understand my purpose here. And it is not for me, it is not so that I can receive all of this. Oh, but that I could have a relationship with the one who placed me here. That's still his heartbeat. Oh, that's still what he desires. Oh, and a change of heart is not on his mind tonight. Oh, he still desires you. He said, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will come and open, I will come in and sup with him. He's still offering that tonight. He's still knocking on that door tonight and saying, will you just let me in? Can I tell you the plan of salvation has not changed. So many people out there today are preaching on television and radios and trying to get thousands of people to fill up their church just so they can preach a filmy good message about, well, Jesus loves you and he just wants to touch your heart. He just wants you to say, you know what, God, I accept you. Oh, but where is the preachers? Where's the young people? Where's the married couples and the elders that will take a stand? And say, no, no, my Bible tells me that we must repent and be baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. Where's the people who will stand and say, you know what? I've already read the Bible. I read in John 3 where the ruler of the Jews came to Jesus and said, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus answered, you must be born of the water and of the Spirit. You cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. We still need repentance we still need that place at an altar where we can come down and say you know what god i'm not living the way i should be living god you know what i'm not where i need to be or once was god lord will you forgive me god lord allow me to make a change in my mind my heart and direction oh to repent means to turn around and to walk away from where you are already at to turn and to walk away. 
Last semester, I began to pray at the altar, and God began to deal with me. And I said, God, what, what is wrong with this generation? Why do we always seem to face the same battles? Why do we always seem to approach the same thing time after time? It's like we knock down Goliath and he gets right back up again. God, why is that? And I felt the Lord speak to me and he said, because your generation knows how to ask forgiveness, but they don't know how to seek repentance. Because if I stay here and I ask for forgiveness, God will forgive me. But if I never walk away from it, I'm just going to do it again. I've got to make a conscious decision in my mind, in my heart. I'm not going back to that. You never one time saw Moses saying, you know what, I'm going to turn around and go back and live in bondage again. It was a little bit better for the people there. You won't ever see that because God had milk and honey for them in the promised land. Once they got there, there were even some that wanted to go back. But Moses said, you can't go back there. That's where you were bound. That's where you were hurting. Please don't go back. Young people, every time you win a victory, don't ever go back. Make up in your mind, I'm going to walk away from the past. I'm going to walk away from what I just left behind. It's not worth it every time I laid my head down at night. I was bound in shackles and chains, but I don't want it and I don't need it. There's preachers who are baptizing people now just saying, you know, we're just going to baptize you because you're, you have faith in God. Or we're going to baptize you because we want you to be saved. Never will you hear the words come out of their mouth. We now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. Is it not me or does the Bible just say, Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. It doesn't say just go baptize them just because mom and dad said to. It doesn't say go baptize them just, just for the fun of it, you know, to play around in the water. And to say, you know, because you have faith, we're going to baptize you. But to baptize you in the name of Jesus. Acts 4 says, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There is no other name. In Acts 19, it says, He said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. You see, not every baptism is going to work, folks. You're going to get to that place where you're going to say, you know what, I've already been baptized. You're going to approach somebody witnessing and they're going to say, you know, I've already been baptized a long time ago. But you've got to let them know that it's in the name of Jesus that we are saved. And you know what, as soon as they were baptized, it says he laid hands on them and they began to receive the Holy Ghost. They began to speak with other tongues, which is the sign. We must receive then the Holy Ghost. His plan is still for us to repent and be baptized and receive His Spirit. His plan has not changed no matter how many try to change it. 
So many have seen the video of Oprah Winfrey saying, you know, there, there has to be another way. There has to be another road we can take. And this lady stands up and I was so excited when she stood up boldly and said, I'm sorry, there is no other way. Every person that tries to stand up and say, you know what, it, it doesn't have to be that way, Brother Hughes. We don't have to live in holiness anymore. Well, my Bible tells me that without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. I wish the boldness would rise up in some young people to say, you know what, I don't care what the world tries to tell me. I've read the Bible and I know that we've got to repent and be baptized in Jesus' name. That you must be filled with the Holy Ghost if we want to go to heaven. I know that somebody else down the road may be preaching something else. They might say, you know what, all you got to do is lift your hands and say, God, will you come into my life? God, will you accept me, God, and I'll accept you. Oh, but I've come to tell you tonight, that's not going to cut it. It's going to take somebody running up to an altar of penance and saying, God, you know what? I crucify my flesh right now. God, I empty myself out, Lord. God, and when I go down in baptism, God, I want to be immersed, God. I want to be submerged, God, fully cleansed, God. Leaving that old man behind in burial, God, and coming up a new man. I want the Spirit of the Lord to set upon me where I begin to speak in other tongues. And those around begin to wonder and marvel, saying, is this a new wine? What in the world is happening? This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the last days I would pour out my spirit. Spirit. This is that. This is that. This is that. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, a change of heart is not on his mind. He still desires to see people filled with the Holy Ghost. If God was done with us, he would have already taken us. But God's got planned for each and every one of us tonight to stand up and say, you know what, God, I realize that I'm not finished with my work. God, and I pray, Lord, that something would rise in me. God, a desire to teach some Bible studies to somebody. God, a desire to go knock on somebody's door and say, you know what? It's my obligation and my duty to tell you about God. To tell you that you're living your life and you're going the wrong direction. Can I tell you a better way? Can I tell you about a man named Jesus? He's the same Jesus that was spoken about in Acts 2. When they said, that same Jesus whom you crucified is both Lord and Christ. It's the same Jesus, folks. The same God that was there in the beginning. The same God that was there before the beginning is the same God we serve today. It's the same God that I am going to serve tomorrow. It's a conscious decision that I'm going to make up in my mind to say, you know what? I don't care what other roads people might take, but I know the plan of salvation. I know the right I should live and I'm going to live it. We want to know why God is not providing. We want to know why we are hurting. We want to know why our family member died. We want to know why God is letting the economy get so bad. Brother Hughes preached about it this morning. He said that he doesn't know why God would let some of the things that he does happen. None of us know why God would ever do that. But every time I begin to think about it, God reminds me. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. You see, folks, it's not for us to understand. There's some things that aren't for us to understand and to question God. 
when Job was approached by his wife, she said, why don't you curse God and die? He said, I can't do that. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. What kind of heart he must have had to sit there and endure every single bit of that and to still say, you know what? I'm going to trust in God. Even though he took everything out from underneath me, I trust him. He gives and takes away, but blessed, blessed be his name. I sat down with my grandparents for lunch the other day and we began to talk about this generation and how so many people just think that they're exempt from hurt and pain because they live their life for God. Have you read the Bible? Tell me one of those men that didn't go through something hard. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was going into a fiery furnace and said, you know, our God is able to deliver us. But if he doesn't, I'm still not going to bow down before your God. You know what? Daniel was thrown in a den of lions. How many of you have had to face that lately? Oh, but why me, God? Why am I enduring these hard times? Why am I going through this? God, why am I the one that's having to hurt? Would you just trust in God and know that he is the same? He is a healer. He is a provider. He is a protector. He is a comfort. And all he's wanting you to do is say, you know what? A change of heart is not on my mind. What I've wrote in my word is true. Everything I've preached to you, everything you've been taught, everything that I've given to you, every blessing is from me. Would you just trust in me and know that I have plans for you? I know the thoughts that I have towards you. Plans to prosper. <clears throat> trust in the Lord. How can I trust in God and all of this? Remember, He is still God. His plan has not changed. His love has not changed. So many want to know why He does some of the things that He does. And why He decides to take a life or put us through a trial. While we will never fully understand, the, the more we know God and have a relationship with Him, the more we will understand why He does what He does. But what we don't know is why we only seem to blame Him and not trust Him. It's amazing. I remember seeing a news clip when 9-11 happened and people begin to curse God and begin to cry out and the, the thought still is in my mind hearing the words that they said. But yet I, I, I also seen a news clip of the tornadoes that have recently happened. And the instant the turmoil and the tornado begin to hit. Guess whose name they begin to call on? The name of Jesus. Because when they were placed in that situation. When they were the ones in the storm. They said you know what? I know I haven't been living right. But I know a God who is able to deliver me. And they begin to cry out, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. When no other words would suffice, they would just, Jesus, Jesus, 
Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. They begin to cry out that name because they know that he is the same. They remember in Sunday school, maybe a long time ago, a Sunday school teacher set them down and said, you know what? God is able to heal you. God is able to protect you. God is able to help you through every situation in life you face. And you know what? Though it may have been years since they had walked in a church, that name Jesus still resound in their head. And they begin to think about God and say, you know what? What other option do I have? I know that he's the same let me call out that name right now Jesus will you deliver me Jesus will you protect us right now Jesus I need you to help me right now God Lord I'm in the middle of a tornado God I'm in the middle of a storm God will you help me tonight Brother Thompson Brother Akil Thompson young minister he said someone was praying God this this isn't fair my God was a good my, my my dad was a good man and a Christian and and you took him but you let the drug dealers live. God, you, you took my father, but you, you let all these other people live who live who live their lives wrong. And Brother Thompson began to say, You know what? I, I begin to wonder the same thing, but the Lord spoke to me and said, You better be glad that I'm not fair. And how true that is that by God's grace. He's allowed us to say, you know what, I've, I've made a mistake. You know what, I, I haven't lived my life the way I'm supposed to. Oh, God, and I know you're the same, Lord. God, will you forgive me? Oh, God, will you never think, let me think, God, that I don't need you, God. Oh, for without you, I am nothing. Just throughout the scripture, can I tell you tonight who he is? In Genesis, he's the breath of life. In Exodus, the Passover lamb. Leviticus, he's our high priest. Numbers, the fire by night. Deuteronomy, he's Moses' voice. Joshua, he's salvation's choice. Judges, he's the lawgiver. And Ruth, the kinsman redeemer. In Samuel, he's our trusted prophet. Kings and Chronicles, he's sovereign. Ezra, he's true and faithful scribe. Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of broken walls and lives. In Esther, he's Mordecai's courage. In Job, the timeless redeemer. In Psalms, he is our morning song. In Proverbs, he's wisdom's cry. Ecclesiastes, the time and season. In Song of Solomon, he's the lover's dream. In Isaiah, he's the prince of peace. In Jeremiah, he's the weeping prophet. In Lamentations, he's the cry for Israel. In Ezekiel, he's the call from sin. Daniel, he's the stranger in the fire. Hosea, he is forever faithful. Joel, he's the Spirit's power. Amos, the arms that carry us. In Obadiah, he's the Lord, our Savior. In Jonah, he's the great missionary. In Micah, the promise of peace. In Nahum, he is our strength and our shield. In Habakkuk and Zephaniah, he's pleading for revival. In Haggai, he restores a lost heritage. In Zechariah, our fountain. In Malachi, he is the son of righteousness, rising with healing in his wings. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, he is God, man, and Messiah. In the book of Acts, he is fire from heaven. In Romans, he is the grace of God. In Corinthians, the power of love. In Galatians, he is the freedom from the curse of sin. In Ephesians, he's our glorious treasure. In Philippians, he's the servant's heart. 
In Colossians, he's the fullness. In Thessalonians, he's our coming king. In Timothy, Titus, and Philemon, he's our mediator and our faithful pastor. In Hebrews, he's the everlasting covenant. In James, he's the one who heals the sick. In First and Second Peter, he's our shepherd. In John and Jude, he's the lover coming for his bride. And in the Revelation, he is king of kings and lord of lords. And church, can I tell you that he is still all of that tonight? His plan has not changed through the ages. No matter what others have decided to do. No matter how many others tried to put out the flame. There's a song that says, The church triumphant is alive and well. A change of heart is not on his mind. He still wants to be your redeemer. He still wants to be your healer. Church, would you stand with me tonight? Can I tell you, he's still God. He is still a redeemer. He is still a provider. He is still a healer. He's still a protector. He's still a comforter. He's still a peace, a joy, a savior. He is still coming. He is king of kings and lord of lords. And if God did it for them, surely he will do it for you. Oh, God, a change of heart is not on your mind. God, you still desire our hearts. God, you still desire a relationship, God. Lord, I went through, God, the entire Bible. God, I saw what you were to them. God, and I know, Lord, that you're the same, God. Oh, God, when we begin to question, why, God? Oh, why, God? Lord, we know you healed back then. God, so you can heal tonight, God. Lord, we know you protected then, God, for them. God, somebody needs protection tonight, Lord. God, you filled them with the Holy Ghost then, God, in an upper room, God. Somebody tonight needs to be filled with the Holy Ghost, God. Lord, it's not my word, it's yours, Lord. You are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Oh, God, it is in your word, Lord. God, you did it for them, Lord. Surely you will do it for me. He said he's not willing that any should perish. He would never put anything on you that you could not handle. You know what? God is going to do what he said he would do. And he said he would make all things new. He said that he would heal you. He said that he would be a song in the night. He said, you know what? When darkness is all around you, don't worry, don't fret. For joy cometh in the morning. I know you don't understand right now, church. Oh, but God is not slack concerning his promises. Oh, Brother Landon, God's promised me this and God's promised me that. Well, God is still the same. Why don't you come up here to this altar and say, you know what? I serve the God that is still the same. The same God that walked on the shores of Galilee. The same God who fed 5,000. That's my God I serve tonight. And you know what? He's not changing his mind. He's not changing his heart. Oh, oh, he's got healing. He's got victory. He's got freedom tonight.